Well, hello, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to Chapel Chimes Podcast. This is a podcast devoted to chiming in on what's going on in our culture, inside the church, and outside the church. Please like, subscribe, and share, and we'd love to hear from you. Now, without further ado, Chapel Chimes. Well, hello, folks, and welcome once again to Chapel Chimes. This is Pastor Dallas Payton, Jr. We're so glad that you're back with us here on Chapel Chimes. Uh, It's been a while since we had a podcast, and I want to um, just share something with you today. I want to look at what is a cult. What is a cult? And just want to address that today. And my prayer is, is that it will be a help to you. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you be with us in these next few moments. We love you and thank you. We ask you just to bless and help in a powerful way. We'll give you the praise and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to begin this, and, and I was going to make this longer. Uh, I, I might make this a little shorter than I than I maybe need to. But I want to address this issue of what is a cult? You know, sometimes churches and Christian schools or maybe a Bible college or maybe a Bible study or maybe just a friend that reads their Bible will be accused by those who hate the church or, you know, hate the school or hate the college or just just mad at God. They will call them now with social media and blogs and YouTube channels. They will say something to the effect of, well, that's a cult. And people will hear that. And they'll think, well, is it a cult? What does that mean? What is a cult? And I want to just kind of unpack that a little bit for you today. I want to begin by by saying this, that the occult is different than what we'd say a cult. The occult and cult are two different things. The occult is in regards, in particular, about um, satanic type of things. That is the occult, Satan worship, devil worship, you know, maybe um, nature worship or paganism. We would say sometimes we would view that as the occult. It is overtly anti-Christian and doesn't even claim to be anything but that. A cult, though, can be uh, something that is quite different. It, occults are more deceptive in the fact that they may be quasi-Christian. They may hold to some things, for example, of basic Christian doctrine, but yet uh, get away from that. I came across something very quickly on a Google search. Now, I have a there's two books that I have in front of me. I'm going to share with you the Google search today that I did. Just real simple. I thought it was good. I'm going to share it with you. The two books that I have, and, and I may mention these a little bit, the, the two main books that I've always used when it comes to addressing cults, and if this is listened to and we need a part two, we may do that. And that is the book, the famous book, well-known book, and that is The Kingdom of the Cults by Walter Martin. And it is a tremendous reference uh, about cults and what they are about. I have in front of me, and I may use it a little bit here today, um, even though it'll take me a while to get into it, but it is a book called The Handbook of Today's Religions. It is by Josh McDowell, and this book also says has Don Stewart in it, and 
Um, and they have some things here. Josh McDowell is considered a, an expert, and uh, uh, they are both professors at the Simon Greenleaf School of Law in California. And now this is a little bit older book. This may not be up to date as far as uh, the uh, where they're at now. Um, he he is a uh, instructor at the Julian Center in Julian, California, or was at this time of the, making this book. But they they are, you know, from very well known um, apologists, and their book about the occults I have in front of me uh, here. I, I'm not an expert on this book. I don't know. I don't know everything about Josh McDowell. If somebody throws off on it, but they have some things here about what it means to be uh, in a cult. What is a cult? We see it on television. We see it in the news, and you may have heard somebody say, "Well, that church down there is a cult." Um, and that's kind of being now with, with social media, if somebody disagrees with that church in any way, they'll call them a cult. If somebody goes to a college and they don't like the rules, they'll say, well, that's a cult. Uh, let me say something to you. That's not true. If you've listened this far, I just want to tell you that's not true. Because somebody maybe has a dress standard or a belief or something they want done does not mean that they are a cult. But there are cults and they are serious and they are damaging. In fact, I came across this real quickly, and uh, it was written down here, uh, and it was, I'll just share it with you. It, it It's by a guy, it, he wrote down, his name is Mike Bickle, he, he created a list of seven ways to recognize the differences between a religious community and a cult. Now, when we say religious community, I think he's meaning by that a church, a church of orthodox Christian beliefs. And one of the reasons people don't cannot spot a cult is they don't know orthodox religious beliefs. Uh, for example, religious community believes the Bible is the word of God. There is a heaven. There is a hell. That Jesus is the only way to heaven. There are certain things. While they may disagree on certain uh, other things, there are some basic orthodox Christian beliefs that they don't depart from. Well, a cult does. They, they depart from those. Now, here's what they write down as seven things that they do that cults generally do. Now, now, Dr. Josh McDowell, he expands on these and makes these bigger. Okay? I think it's Dr. McDowell. I think that's right. But anyway, I'm going to call him Josh McDowell. But here, here are the seven things. One, they oppose critical thinking. They oppose critical thinking. Uh, now, that's not to say that... that you know, because somebody takes a stand or believes something strongly that that, uh, that there's anything wrong with that. But a cult does not want anybody to, to uh, uh, criticize them in any way. Now, let me say this. As a Baptist preacher of a Baptist church, I strongly encourage critical thinking. I strongly encourage it. In fact, make sure that any preacher, anytime, is preaching the truth. If you're preaching the truth as far as you know it, and somebody looks at that and questions what you're preaching. If it's true, if they question it, they'll find out, hey, that, that's true. If something you've said is wrong or false and they question it, they find out, it will help you as a preacher say, you know what? I think I messed up. They'll back up. And so critical thinking, you, you want to make sure. You want, In fact, I believe every Christian ought to be a critical thinker to question, uh, to look, to study. The Bible says to study uh, the word that, that we shouldn't be ashamed, uh, rotten dividing the word of truth. So number one, they oppose critical thinking. Number two, 
Another big mark of a cult is they isolate members and penalize them for leaving. They isolate them and penalize them uh, for leaving. They want to keep members away from their families, away from the community, and they penalize them if they go do something else. That is a big mark of a cult. Number three, they emphasize special doctrines that are outside of the Scripture. They emphasize special doctrines that are outside of the Scripture. In fact, they have what Dr. McDowell says is a extra-biblical source of authority. They may have the Bible plus something else. Now, most churches that I've ever been associated with will say something like this in their constitution. We believe the Bible is the Word of God, that it's inerrant, infallible, and we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we'll say this, plus nothing, minus nothing. We don't want to add to the Bible. Anytime somebody adds to the Bible any special doctrines, and by the way, most of the time it's revealed to just them, uh, that's a cult. So number one, opposing they oppose critical thinking. Number two, they isolate members and penalize them for living. Number three, they emphasize social doctrines outside of Scripture, or special doctrines, I should say. In other words, their, their system has some doctrine that you've never heard of before, and many times it'll be something just off the wall. Uh, number four, they seek inappropriate loyalty to their leaders. I mean, they go too far with this. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with honoring your pastor and loving your pastor or taking care of them or, you know, whatever it is your church wants to do. There's nothing wrong with that. But you don't want to have an inappropriate loyalty to that leader because you don't follow a man. You follow the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Lord. And a pastor is just an under-shepherd. And if he takes any other thing other than being that under-shepherd, he is taking too much on him. So they seek inappropriate loyalty to their leaders. Uh, we think of cults like the Jim Jones cult that went down to Guyana. They followed him down there. Because of their loyalty to him was so strong, they could not see past that. You would have thought, looking at them from the outside, they could see that he was wrong, that they would question I've always been shocked as a pastor. I get questioned about taking a drink of water. I don't know how in the world, I'm using that, I'm using that, I'm exaggerating that, of course, but I don't know how he got them to go to Guyana or, you know, the Haley's Bop Comet where they all put on jumpsuits and ate applesauce and all committed collective suicide. What were they thinking? Well, they have an inappropriate loyalty. And when you're loyal to somebody, you never know. And by the way, don't be too hard on people because people are more susceptible than you think. Another another big marker they write down, again, here's the four that I've given you so far. Opposing critical thinking, isolating members and penalizing them for leaving, emphasizing special doctrines outside Scripture, seeking inappropriate loyalty to their leaders. Number five, dishonoring the family unit. Uh, family is given from the Lord they will dishonor that family unit. They, they'll break that family apart. They will. They don't honor the mother and father as what God ordained and children. They get that off, skew that some way, overemphasize one part, not the other. I mean, they dishonor the family unit. Number six, they cross biblical boundaries of behavior. They cross biblical boundaries of behavior. 
For example, sexual purity and personal ownership. That's just a couple of areas. Most of the time when you see a cult, they get way out of whack when it comes to uh, sexual type things or personal ownership of type things. Just weird stuff. I mean, there's a lot of illustrations I could give, but there are biblical boundaries of behavior. The Bible says one man for one woman for one life. Whenever there's a cult, they get, you know, these, and by the way, these have been documented. There's documentaries about this stuff, just out there stuff about this type of thing. You know, give up your job, come and live in a commune with us, and don't, you know, all, I mean, I can go on and on. And then another one, number seven, is separation from the church. They, they don't want to have anything to do with the church. In fact, I want to read to you, if I can, here, I don't want to make too much noise on the uh, rustling around here, but I, I want to read to you uh, what what uh, Josh McDowell talks about in his cult uh, book, and, and, and he and he says this uh, in chapter two. Uh, he talks about the when we talk about separation uh, from the church, and, and let me see if I can find this. Um, one of the founders of one of these cults was talking about the the church. Uh, yeah, here it is. It, one of the founders, I'm, I'm not going to name the cults, very famous, but it says, I, it said uh, he was given the assessment of the Christian church when he inquired of the Lord as to which church to join. Okay, Lord, which church do you want me to join? And he said this, I was answered that I must join none of them. For they were all wrong, and the personage who addressed me said that they, all their creeds were an abomination in his sight, that those professors were all corrupt, that they draw near to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They teach for doctors the commandments of men, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. In other words, no church is right. I'm the only one that's right. Uh, that's a separation from the church. Another founder said this, uh, the name has been used in a manner so intolerant and dogmatic, especially in our day, that Christianity is now the religion of arrogance par excellence, a stepping stone for ambition, uh, a censure for wealth, shame, and power, a convenient screen for hypocrisy. And so they, a cult wants to get away from uh, the church. And so that's seven things. Another definition I want to give you real quickly Today is Walter Martin, when he talks about cults, he says this. And again, this is from Josh McDowell's book. Um, I don't, you know, I use I use everybody else that I can. Somebody, somebody recently said to me, well, you don't have any original thoughts. And I thought, I didn't really say this because I didn't want to be argumentative. But I, I thought, well, why would I want to do such a thing as that when I have experts at my disposal? And you have these two as well if this is something that interests you or bothers you. Walter Martin gives us a good definition when he says this, a cult then is a group of people polarized around someone's interpretation of the Bible and is characterized by major deviations from Orthodox Christianity relative to the cardinal doctrines of the Christian faith, particularly the fact that God became man in Jesus Christ. Now, someone says, why do cults prosper? Uh, and for the, we believe there's several reasons that they do, he writes. They provide answers uh, to, for people. Those answers may be wrong, but they provide answers. And then they meet human needs. Uh, a cult will 
they flourish because they appeal to man's basic human need, and that is to be loved or feel needed, uh, a sense of direction. And that's a powerful thing, by the way, and that's why you see cults. Uh, and then, you know, sometimes where you know Christianity or the church maybe makes a mistake, a cult will come in and and do something maybe that the church fails at, and people will they they are pleased by that, and so um, they they. You know, that, that appeals. And so, I mean, I could go on and on. In his book, Dr. McDowell talks about, he, he gives a few more things. I want to give you a few of these and we'll close. They have a new interpretation of Scripture. They have, a, I mentioned this earlier, an extra-biblical or non-biblical source of authority. They have different books, different doctrines that they add to the Bible. They, of course, talk about another Jesus, not the Jesus of Orthodox Christianity. They reject Orthodox Christianity. They have a non-biblical teaching. They especially seem to have trouble with the doctrine of the Trinity. Their theology changes, and this is in chapter 2 of his book. Their theology changes. They have strong leadership. Now, I think this is where... I think people get confused if somebody has a strong pastor or a church that has strong leadership. They'll think, well, that's a cult. Uh, they are characterized usually by a centrally, he writes this, a central leader uh, or, or leaders who consider themselves the messengers of God with unique access to the Almighty. Since the leader has such a relationship with God, he can dictate the theology and behavior of the cult. Consequently, he, exer- he exercises enormous influence over the group. Uh, this is true for the example of certain churches. Uh, the strong leadership leads to the cult follower into total dependence upon the cult for belief, behavior, and lifestyle. Now, let me say something to you. I, I believe people ought to follow a pastor. There's no doubt. I understand that. But your behavior and your lifestyle ought to be dictated by the Bible, not any man. They also are characterized character, characterized by false prophecy and you see this this is something that's pretty easy to see and this is how most cults get found out they'll set a date and people look and say wait a minute they set a date uh, it is a cult a school with rules is not a cult the fact that a mom and dad wants their kids to behave is not a cult the fact that a college wants their young ladies to dress a certain way is not a cult um, now does that mean I agree with what colleges or schools or churches do? No. Does that mean that they're a cult or a cult? No. Both of those are improper. And if you use that term to disparage a college or school or a church or a Bible study or maybe a brother or sister in, in your family that goes to a church like that, and you say, well, they're a member of a cult, uh, be careful with that. Uh, that's that's very hurtful and actually very dangerous. And especially if your children, your family, or your loved ones maybe want to get saved, and because we have thrown off on that church, they won't go and hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What we need today is gospel-preaching churches. Uh, There's many of them. But as time has went on, people are attacking left and right the church. I wanted to just share this with you today uh, I may do part two if there's enough into this. I can break down what some of these very well-known, there's probably two big ones that are the big dominant, what we call cults in America. There are some splinters of different people. Uh, 
there are people that believe things to the extreme and become cultish in their practices. Uh, I believe that needs to be addressed. In fact, I think every church needs to be on guard uh, to not be cultish. I think that comes from focusing on the Word of God. But a Bible-believing church is not a cult. A place with rules is not a cult. And I just want to share that with you today. I hope it's been an encouragement to you. Thank you so much for listening to Chapel Chimes. Dear Lord, I pray as we close that you'll bless. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Chapel Chimes.